lives at you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. He was the greediest man alive. It's Ebenezer Scrooge. Until the night he met someone extraordinary. Hello. The Muppet Christmas Carol. I'll drink to Mr. Scrooge. Even though he is odious, stingy, and badly dressed. Humbug. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grin. Do you think it's safe for us to be up here? If you please, Mr. Scrooge, the bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly unemployed? It's Charles Dickens' classic tale. As only the Muppets can tell it. It's good to be heckling again. It's good to be doing anything again. Filled with holiday warmth. Hey, 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 light the lamp, not the rat, light the lamp, not the rat! And Christmas spirit. Scrooge! Jacob Molly. Oh, that's scary stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the audience? No, it's all right, this is culture. This is the movie to see, to share. To cherish with someone you love. Thank you for making me a part of this. Walt Disney Pictures presents, from Jim Henson Productions, The Muppet Christmas Carol. God bless us, everyone. Whatever. Ho, 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 ho. Hi, everybody, this is Mater. Like Tom Mater without the tongue. Just remember, you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Colors right here on the radio. And if you're not, then I don't know what the heck you're listening to. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. We're on your computers and Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, Google Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You can listen to all 539, after tonight, 540 shows. Good evening, Bobby. How are you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to everybody, all our listeners. Merry Christmas to Tommy sitting on the other side of the soon-to-be COVID-2021. Merry Christmas, men. Men, yeah, men. Okay, uh, I appreciate that. Anyway, yeah, we got a hey, exciting show for you this evening. We have another uh, very special guest. We're a little... Uh are we Christmas, wearing green? We don't have Christmas, but we have green on. So. Well, I have green. I got a green flannel shirt. You know, with flannels. We have like a toy it. in the room. So uh, we have, uh, yeah, we have our buddy, we have our mascot, a Christmas dog in the room. A Christmas dog, and our banner happens to be green too. See, so we're. So I guess we're, we're all, doing okay. And we're doing talk okay. One is red, so yeah, red and so green. Green and red, right? All right. So and there's a wreath in here, so I guess this will do. We're doing really, 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 really good. Okay, so uh, let's see what did we do this past weekend. Well, I didn't have anything exciting this weekend like I did last weekend when I was over at my friend's house and we, or I watched him, witnessed him smash his garage door. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that Florida man. Yeah, what's wrong with that Florida man? <laughs> anyway. We should call him up, get him on the show, see yeah. if he can tell us what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess uh, we got it all taken care of, so it's kind of kind of looks okay, you know, if you're going by 20 miles an hour and you don't look real hard. At any rate, um, let's see. So what we do this weekend, this weekend, uh, the usual stuff, tinkering around the house and shop and this and that. But I went to Leadfoot City's uh, 
swept me. And, uh, you know, that place has just really, really grown. And now, besides the drifting that they got there, and, you know, which is kind of cool, they have a drift pad there and to get some of these guys with their little tuners out there, winding them up and letting them go. And on occasion, you get one that, uh, you know, spits a motor or something like that once in a while. But it's a huge attraction. But the swap meet's good. They got a live band there, which is kind of cool because we're really, really into music. It is nostalgic radio and cars. And uh, if you've tuned into our show here in the last uh, month and a half, we've had uh, a pretty good uh, list of uh, musical guests on our show. Last week we had Kevin Godley, you know, one of the co-founding members of uh, 10CC. B.J. Thomas was on our show. Uh, Henry Paul from uh, The Outlaws and the Henry Paul Band. Uh, Kevin, let's see. Oh, no, no. We had, uh, oh, man, my mind just went, went blank here. Um, oh, Kevin Godley last week? Yeah, we had Kevin last nice. week. No, who did we have the week before that? We had... Uh, was it BJ? Uh, say Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer. Oh yeah, yeah. Rick Derringer. <clears throat> yeah, the him. rock and roll hoochie coo guy. Great interview. Hoochie coo, hoochie coo. Because I mean, I got that side. Anyway, but uh, you know, hey, we dig music, and, and uh, because of that, no one should ever say nostalgic cars and radios ever again. Because we've done more radio than cars these last few weeks. That's true. That is true. <laughs> so that is all true. All those people out there. So anyway, so while I was uh, slumming around there at uh, Leadfoot Cities, um, they actually are permitted now to build a drag strip. And I'm not sure if it's going to be a, a 1320 or a 1000 or what they're going to do there, but it should be pretty exciting because the, the crowd, they, I will tell you that I've been to a lot of shows and a lot of swap meets around here. And of course, being a swap meet junkie and a parts junkie, these guys got it handled. They got a, a, a something truly. When you've, you hear the term something for everybody, they've got a show that's something for everybody. The car guys, car show, motorcycle guys, the music, the drifting, Soon they're going to have drag racing, uh, the parts swap me for junkies. The only bad thing we had this past weekend was the rain. And the weather was not exactly uh, generous, I should say. It was cool, okay, and it was getting cooler. But the raindrops kind of put a damper, <laughs> damper, damper, damper on the, uh, on, 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 the, on the event. But nonetheless. Now, uh, Meekum comes up uh, January 7th. So make them auction, classic cars, all that good stuff over at Heritage Park in, is that, no, wait, it's Osceola. Osceola Heritage Park. Yeah, and that's Meekum.com. Meekum.com, that's it. So, uh, yeah, we'll be over there hanging out. And uh, some of the other stuff, though, has been pushed back to 2022. But what I'll do is on my next show next week, we will kind of get into that a little bit more and... As well, well as recapping the year, this past year. Yeah. And that, whoa, guests. next year's New next year, next week is New Year's. Yeah, but our show's still well into 2020 still. We are going to be doing our show next week. We will be here every Tuesday. We don't, I think in all the 10 years that we've done this, we've only missed one or two shows for, we were either out of town or out of town. And even on then, on those sick occasions, as a, uh, a dog over yes, there. Or sick as a dog. Well, I don't, that might have been one time, I think. But as a rule, and it was way before the days of COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not that kind of sick Not as a dog. Not that kind of sick. No, no, no. This is pre-COVID. No, that's... And, uh, but at any rate, um, we, uh, we have done numerous and countless shows uh, remote with uh, this little device right here. It's called a telephone. So that's you, true. You know, and, and, and we've, we've done some real remotes. And we've done some real remotes, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we did that one in Orlando. No, Ocala. Uh, Ocala. with that was uh, fun. Ocala, Ford, Lincoln, Mercury with our uh, Ford and Lincoln, Mercury. Well, no longer Mercury. But anyway, with the guys, our buddies uh, from Ford Shelby. And, yeah, Ocala. Ford and Lincoln of Ocala. Ford and Lincoln of Ocala. That's it. Anyway, on that note, um, I think Tommy's going to go ahead and fire up a... A rock and roll Christmas. A rock and roll Christmas song. And uh, and we'll be back here right after that for a minute or two, and then we'll bring our special guest on for the evening. Okay, hey, don't touch that dial. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm going to have a rock and roll
Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Hey, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgia Radio and Cars. Uh, this week, I'm not lip syncing, uh, Tommy. <laughs> oh, don't tell him that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we have a live interview. He's uh, well, practicing his ventriloquist uh, with yeah, Scooby. Uh, well, we're working on getting Jeff Dunham on the show, so then it'll be real interesting. He'll give us a nice lesson on it. He'll give us a we'll nice lesson on We'll even do that one it. pre-recorded just so he can practice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's what we're doing. We're working on this. Is This is my project for um, Bobby and mine. Uh, our Bobby, Bobby's and mine project for next year. We are going to be building a studio in our shop. And we're going to have a complete total media room up there. And uh, when we do get this thing all put together, then we'll be able to do shows from our remote location. And on occasion, you know, we, well, on occasion, we will continue to do shows here in the studio. But if what we're working on is some sort of a video deal. So uh, that way uh, you can kind of, what do they call that? Is that that Zoom thing or whatever? Try to get the the... I don't know. Well, You're technology that might thing. even uh, advance past that. So yeah, we'll see. yeah. So once but we get that's, uh, that's yeah, we'll that'll when when that there'll be updates on that. Right. When that happens, we will let you know because we have some pretty cool stuff in store for next year, and uh, and we got a lot of automotive guys coming on next year, and we have a lot of musicians coming on because we're kind of gonna mix it up a little bit. So it should be pretty interesting. So we want you guys to continue listening. We want to thank everybody for listening and being our loyal listeners for the last ten years. Hi, Ken. Uh, Radio Rob, Kelly, and the list goes on. And, uh, yeah, so that uh, should be pretty cool. So, uh, but, but we got some pretty significant guys uh, and gals coming on next year, so it should be pretty cool, both from the automotive world and from the uh, musical world. And on that note, I think Tommy's going to go ahead and uh, fire up another song, and then we're going to do our little clip, and then we're going to have our special guest on for the evening. So we're really looking forward to that. And, um, again... Merry Christmas to everybody, and we want to thank you guys for tuning in for all these years and uh, continued support, and we wish you all the best. But we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. We're not going anywhere. we got a great interview coming up, so stay tuned. After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, this holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck! 
they're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Got a little knot here. You can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? Eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but... Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. Then Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! They want you to say grace. I pledge allegiance to the flag. The United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. <laughs> you woo, crack up. <laughs> Hello, this is B.J. Thomas. I'm a singer. I'm an entertainer. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cards. Hey, you are listening to Nostalgia Radio and Cars, and I'm, uh, we're back. Right, Bobby? We are. Okay, well, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This young lady is an award-winning Nashville-based pop recording artist and songwriter. She's originally from Orlando. I'm delighted to welcome to Nostalgia Radio and Cars this evening, Paige Kiner. Paige, how are you? Hey, happy to be here. How are you? Well, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm at home in Orlando, so happy to be in the warmth, for sure. Well, let me tell our listeners a little bit how you and I first met. I used to be an MC or the MC for uh, Festivals of Speed, and uh, this uh, on one occasion we were at the Ritz-Carlton. And uh, we had like a little area there, which is kind of near that little pagoda thing, and uh, you were setting up with your dad. And uh, you're sitting there on this little stool with uh, in a tent uh, with a guitar. And I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. But anyway, so I walked over, I introduced myself, and I talked to your dad for a while. And you started playing the guitar, and you started singing. And you had this most beautiful voice. And here it is, years later, and you're recording music in Nashville. That's absolutely yeah. incredible. And I think at the time, I might have made this comment. I said, you know, I was giving you plugs, and I was trying to get everybody to kind of tune in and listen to you and help sell some of the CDs and stuff. And I made a comment. I said, you know, if you ever get rich and famous, keep me in mind. Here we are years later, and you are an actual <laughs> guest on my radio show, and I'm very, very delighted to have you here this evening. Yeah, well, that is just so crazy how far things have come since then. It was so long ago, but... Um, that was a great day, and I really appreciated all of the plugs that you gave me because I definitely got more attention than I would have thought I would have gotten um, just kind of playing in the background, so that was very cool. But yeah, I am a recording artist and songwriter in Nashville now, uh, and it's great. It's amazing. Well, take us back. How did this whole music thing start for me? I, I, I know your dad, and I know he's in the cars, but I also found out mm -hmm. he was in the music and guitars. And then, so is that kind of like how your influence began? Yeah, definitely. Well, my parents always wanted all of us kids to learn to play instruments. So I started out playing the piano and I did not really love practicing, but I loved making music. So it was a fun start to my music journey. But um, things really kicked off when my dad would drag me into his office and put on all these vinyls for me. And he had to force me to listen at first, but then as soon as I realized how amazing the music was, I was just totally hooked. Um, and then I started singing and playing guitar and writing all my own songs. And now I've released 
I want to say almost 20 of my own songs since I started releasing music in 2014. So kind of the beginning of the journey still, but it's been a long, lifelong journey for me, actually. Now, take us back. So you're from Orlando, and I believe if I was reading your bio, you were playing music already in high school, and you were Mm -hmm. performing in high school, correct? And some of the local, uh, some local venues, maybe? Yeah, I used to play all the time at Dexter's and Lake Mary. I would play at Elixir downtown. I even played um, the Florida Music Festival and Daytona Palooza. So some great gigs around Florida for sure. Okay. And then uh, when you went away to college, you went to uh, the University of Virginia, right? Up in Charlottesville? Yep. Okay. Yeah, go who's. my son bobby who you met briefly one time up in amelia island um at festivals of speed he's sitting over there he graduated from ucf and just you guys are the same age by the way and uh yeah and uh so and it's interesting because he what you go ahead what's your degree in bobby Uh, theater stage management bfa and (laughs) so he's also in the entertainment world a little bit but um very cool yeah So he's very familiar, and of course, obviously, he's real familiar with Orlando. Now, when you were in Charlottesville, you were playing some gigs up there, too, weren't you? I was. I was playing in a pop-punk band. (laughs) So I was playing rhythm guitar and singing a lot of Green Day. (laughs) Oh, really? That's good. Yeah. Um, so, and then when you came back to Orlando, you were doing, you were playing some other gigs. Were you basically playing some of the stuff down in, in some of the, the, the places down, let's say, was it, is it Church Street District? Is that what it is? Did you play in that um, area? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. I, I played a lot of kind of restaurant type of gigs where I would play for four hours and play my guitar and sing a lot of covers that people really loved. And that was always so fun just because people love hearing songs that they know. That was a really good experience. Now, you've actually recorded some songs um, that are covers, and I'll tell you there's one song, and your dad and I were talking about this, but I had to go listen to it over and over, and I just listened to it a few minutes ago, because I think you did an excellent rendition. Sip. You did a Latin version of it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so tell us how that came to fruition, and what inspired you to do that particular, or select that particular song. And, 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 and your rendition of it is, is, like I said, it's absolutely amazing. you got a great voice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, so the Latin version is actually just kind of a remix of my original song, Sip, mm-hmm. in English. Um, and so I put that first version in English out in November of 2018. And um, when I was playing in bands here in Orlando, I worked a lot with a bass player named Renee Flores, um, known in the music circles around here as the group in Cuban. So if anybody's heard of him, that's him talking about. Um and he heard the song and just suggested to me and my dad that it would translate really well into a Latin remix. Um, and so I worked with some really great songwriters and producers up in Nashville, and we um, adapted it to Spanish. And then I went in the studio and I sang it, and um, we reproduced it to be kind of a Latin vibe, and it turned out very cool. And I'm super, super happy with how it turned out. Take us through the process of of the videos when you because you do a sh- video shoot and and where was that filmed? Um, the video for Sip was filmed in Nashville. In Nashville, Gold, okay. The downtown area. Okay, so take us through the process for our listeners, you know, because uh, last week we had um, Kevin Godley on from 10CC, and he was kind of, uh, 10CC was well-known in the in the late 60s, early 70s, but in the 80s, when the MTV thing started, he got into video production. So we were talking a little bit about that and how he got into it, but he was from the production side. Take us on your side, because you're actually in front of the camera, so tell us how that all works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it all starts with the song, and depending on who your director is, they're going to have a lot of ideas probably about what the video should look like and what the story should be. And obviously, as the artist, I'm going to be very involved in what visuals I want to represent my song. But I really believe in giving a lot of creative freedom to people that I work with because I'm not a videographer. I know that the music is my strength, and then there are other people that I have the privilege to work with who... They specialize in other things that are just going to take my artistry to the next level and give it a new representation in a video. Um, So you work with the videographer and come up with what you want the video to be. And then on the day of the video shoot, um, we have our speaker that's playing the song. And I sing along to the song and we sing through it about a million times. (laughs) 
in different um, settings, different outfits, just kind of different angles, anything that you can think of. And then they take it and they edit it and turn it into a masterpiece. <laughs> okay. And how long does this process usually take? Is this something that happens in a, a couple of days? Is this something that happens over a week? Is it something, what's the duration? It really depends. I did, I actually released a music video a couple months ago for my most recent single, which is called Inside My Mind. And I worked with an Orlando videographer named Stevie Knight. He's SBSK Productions. If anyone wants to check him out, he is amazing. Um, and we actually shot the video COVID safe over about three days. So it was a very, very long shoot. Um, but there were a lot of involved scenes with that. There were water scenes, there were smoke scenes. So it was very cool to have him bring his creativity to it. But I've had some that lasted one day, half a day, and then this was the longest one at three days. So it really just depends on how involved the video is going to be. So when when what do do, they, do all songs? I mean, who elects to make a video? Is it you, the artist, or does a does a, a PR firm come? How does it how does it come to fruition in the first place? Um, it's me. I mostly just think about what songs I'm releasing will translate the best to a video. Which ones I think can benefit from a video that's just going to elevate the song even more. Um, I think that some songs have a lot more imagery than others. I like to have imagery in all my songs, but there are certain songs that you just know, you hear it, and you're like, okay, I see the video looking like this, and it just comes right to your mind. Um, so those are the kinds of songs that I really try to be able to have a video for, but having a video is always better than not having a video, I think, okay. <laughs> if you can. Now, like, for example, when they're doing the actual filming and shooting and stuff like that, so this is done downtown or wherever, on location, and it's live, and then what do they do? They basically kind of, like, rope off an area? Are there spectators? How does uh, what, all, what else takes place outside of what you're actually doing? Mm-hmm. Well, the one that I shot for SIP downtown, um, that one was extra crazy because it was not roped off at all. We were just kind of doing our thing and... Uh, there's one scene next to this big light. I don't know if you saw that, but I'm kind of leaning against this big, like, lighted wall. Uh-huh. And um, that's at the top of some stairs. And so there were people who were coming up the stairs, and we would have to stop while we're in the middle of the song to let them get by. And I just realized, when, I, like, very long ago when I started doing this, you just can't be embarrassed. You can't <laughs> be afraid <laughs> to have people see what you're doing, and you just have to own it. And so that's what I have to do in those situations. Um, but there's another scene in that video. This video was probably the craziest um, one just for being in public and doing all of these things. Um, but there's another scene where I'm walking in the street and um, my videographer was walking in front of me and the cars were coming from behind me. So there would be moments where he'd have to say, there's a car coming and we'd have to like jump out of the street. So it's a little bit death-defying. But it was worth the shot in the end. Now, uh, we're, Bobby and I were at Nam a few years back, so I'm kind of familiar with downtown Nashville a little bit. And I'm trying to think. Isn't, there's a lake scene in that in, in your video, right? Mm-hmm. And that's is that over on the other side downtown there? Because I know that they were doing some remodeling back in the day when we were there. This was what two three years ago, probably. Is that when we were there? And I don't think that was completely done then, or it was finished. So, but uh, but I know that it's that it's. Uh, Pretty pretty impressive little lake and that and that park and everything. So you did some shooting over there as well. Yeah, that was actually the last scene that we filmed. So we didn't spend too much time there, but that's right near the stadium. So we right. kind of pulled the car up, um, did a quick change in the back of the car in the parking lot, and then just went and got a couple more run throughs of me singing the song. Um, but we were definitely ready to wrap it up by that point because we had been shooting for probably six hours. <laughs> now your music is. You use the term edgy pop, so mm-hmm. define edgy pop because you it's you've got you've got a great voice and it almost has a little country. I don't want to say twang, but just it's just got that little country sound to it. You know, kind of like a uh, Carrie Underwood type thing. And uh, so, is that something you developed, or do you just kind of change your your voice a little bit, your accent, your dialect, or something like that? I mean, to to mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, to roll with the song. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, first of all, never mad at being compared to the Queen Carrie, so thank you for that. Okay. Um, that's a huge compliment. But, um, yeah, I think um, there's something... My voice has a natural brightness to it, 
when I first started singing, I really didn't actually like how bright my voice sounded because I thought it sounded nasally, and that brightness is something that you hear a lot in country music, so that's why I often get told that I have kind of a country vibe to my voice sometimes. Okay. Um, it's not really something I try to do, but I've really embraced it over the years because I love my voice, and other people seem to like it too, so why fight what I'm naturally doing right? Oh, so absolutely. That's probably, yeah, that's probably where that comes from, I would say, but... Since moving to Nashville, I don't know. I've been writing a lot of country. I've been writing a lot of pop. I've been writing rock and folk. And I think that I love all of that music. And um, it just bleeds into everything I do. And I would say that the reason I call my um, music that I put out edgy pop is probably because of the rock influence that I had growing up. Um, I put it into my songwriting. I don't know if it always comes through in the production. I'm actually trying to bring a little bit more of a rock edge to the next music that I'm putting out, so stay tuned for that. Okay. But um, that's always just kind of underlying everything I do because my dad raised me on rock legends, so can't help but have that bleed in to at least my thought process behind the music. Okay, and since you brought that up, um, go ahead and name off some of the uh, rock legends that influenced you that your dad played. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, definitely the Eagles, Led Zeppelin, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. I'm a huge Neil Young fan, thanks to my dad. Okay. He gave me a great education. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, when you write, now you've written with um, some other well-known artists out of uh, Nashville. Um, I think it was, what, 2015, you won a, uh, an award, a silver award for, uh, what was it, Global Music Award? Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. So tell us, how, how does that work, and, and what do you do, how do you compete, and how do people find out about it, and, and, and where does that, what's the stepping stone after that? Yeah, definitely. Um, my dad has been very instrumental in helping me enter a lot of these contests, and um there are a lot that you can enter as an artist if you just kind of keep your ear to the ground. They become apparent to you the more that you're kind of paying attention. Um, and so anyone can enter them, and I've been really thankful to win some awards over the years, including that um, Global Music Award that you just brought up. But I actually recent won, recently won the grand prize in the Latin category of the John Lennon Songwriting Contest for my song, Sip, that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge honor, so I'm so thankful for that. Now, tell us about that award. Tell us about the John Lennon Award. I'm not real familiar with it, I, uh, so tell, tell, educate me and my listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So it's called the John Lennon Songwriting Contest, and it's put on and sponsored by the John Lennon Educational Tour Bus, which just has an amazing mission to bring creating music and music production to kids across the country. Um, so it's just a really great mission, and I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to support it and spread the word about it by entering the contest. Um, but yeah, there are 12 categories, and I kind of entered my song, Sip Latin Remix, on a whim. My dad actually entered it for me because I entered a different song, and my dad was like, well, we should enter this one too. I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should just do the one. I'm not sure. And I was kind of wishy-washy about it. But then he just kind of made an executive decision as <laughs> my roadie slash manager of many years at this point and someone who knows me very well and knows I wouldn't want to miss an opportunity. Um, he went ahead and submitted that. And the next thing we knew, we were getting the email that I won in the category. And it was just so cool because there's so many entries that go into that. And the judges are just super world-renowned. So it's just crazy. Now, is this something when you when you submit these songs, okay, is this submitted like do you have to go there on location and perform it ultimately? Uh, so in other words, first I, I'd assume you, you submit uh, uh, an audio slash video version of it. And then mm-hmm. when you're selected, do you actually perform in front of uh, the judges? No, I didn't go perform anything in person, but I did do a live stream with them on their Instagram where I performed the song acoustically. Um, so that was a cool opportunity to get to show my song in a live version to their followers. Okay. Now, there's another video on here, and I got to make two comments about it. And I, I just saw it here a little while ago, and it's called the 2020 Tiny Desk Contest. But here's the thing mm-hmm. that I was going to throw at you. I want you to talk about it. But in the background there, there's a poster. It's a 1992 
HSR poster of race cars. Is now is it, where is that at your home in Orlando? And I know that's got to have some your dad influenced you there, and that's why it's on the wall. Or is that in Nashville? <laughs> no, that's here in Orlando. I've been here since March because of the pandemic. So right. most of my recent videos, even though that's not even recent, because that was like April, so that's a long time ago now. But um, I've been filming and making a lot of content here. So yeah, that is in my dad's office. Okay. That I kind of have commandeered over the years as my music room because we have a lot of guitars. All of his vinyl record collection is in there. Um, got a piano, my bass, and my recording equipment was in there for a while. So it was getting very cramped. But yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff on the walls from my dad's racing um, interest and journey for sure. Okay. Now, t- so what exactly is the 2020? What's the, the Tiny Desk Contest? What's that all about? Um, that's put on by NPR, and once again, anyone can enter it. You just have to submit a video, and so I submitted my video to that. I didn't win, but it was great to make the video and put it out there, and I'm going to keep entering the contest and see what happens. But, yeah, there's um, a lot of great exposure that you can get from doing stuff like that, and I've seen it really help other artists out over the years. Now, is that, a, uh, is that for music only, or is it a tiny desk contest for other, other areas as well? Outside of music. As far as I know, it's just for music. Um, NPR has like a Tiny Desk concert series where they have really well-known um, and widely respected artists come in and do kind of a, a little concert in front of their desk in their office. And um, it's it's become kind of a really cool thing that people really enjoy watching. So I love watching it myself. And so if I were to win and get to go do that, that'd be great. <laughs> Excellent. Now, let me ask you this. So... You've done very well in what I would consider probably a short amount of time. What were your expectations uh, as a, at the time, a fledgling entertainer, okay, uh, musician? And uh, do you think that did it kind of time-wise kind of go the way you anticipated? It should have been quicker. Did it happen faster? And give us your thoughts on that. Well, I think that everybody's music journey to wanting to be able to make music their career is going to be different. Some people have things happen overnight, and that is amazing for them because really nothing's actually overnight. There are years and years and years of work that go into somebody blowing up, and I haven't had that happen to me yet, but I just believe that as long as you keep working hard and putting yourself out there, something that's meant for you is going to come to you, and that's what I just continue to do. And... The journey is definitely ongoing. Um, I'm pretty young. I'm 24. So it's been a 10-year journey so far, and I'm looking forward to the years ahead. And I'm not really in a rush. I'd like to be able to have music be my full-time job and my main hustle, as they say. But <laughs> I'm just enjoying the ride right now and making the best music that I can. And hopefully there's an audience for it. I think there will be. What do you think is the most effective, and in terms of PR, for an up-and-coming artist, what do you think is the most important thing to an up-and-coming artist, you know, in, in terms of exposure, where do you need to be? What do you need to do? What does one need to do, I should say? Hmm, that is a really hard question, and everybody wants to know the answer, including myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, as far as I can tell, people are having a lot of success with TikTok, but that's also kind of leaving things to chance. You never know. You have a pretty good uh, chance of things kind of blowing up on TikTok, but it hasn't happened to me yet. Stay tuned. I will keep you updated. Okay. Um, Yeah, but I think the answer to that is just to be everywhere all the time, (laughs) if you can. It's good to put your music on streaming platforms so people can go and check it out. It's good to be on Instagram so people can see what you're doing. It's good to be on YouTube if you can, but at the end of the day, you can only do as much as you can do. So my advice to other artists would just to be find the platform that you like using and use it. And if you don't like using any of them, just make the best music that you can and put it out wherever you want. And if it's meant to be, it'll be. And of course, the occasional radio show interview doesn't hurt either, does it? Oh, well, that was a given. <laughs> That's the number one best way to go, up, go about it. How about that? We appreciate that. All right. So let me ask you this now. So... And you're a PR person, a public relations person. So, in other words, um, who helps you 
take care of a lot of, you know, move you into that public relations world. So, you know, in, in terms of exposure and stuff like that, that how important is that? And, and how important is that relationship as well? That is a good question. I am not working with a PR person at the moment. And so when I put out my most recent single in September, I was personally emailing countless blogs and playlists and different outlets see if they would want to do a premiere or do a write-up about my song, and a lot of them did. So that was really cool. Um, definitely appreciate all of the kind of smaller independent blogs and publications that um, wanted to feature me to their audience. It was awesome to have that exposure. But I do think that um, having someone who's a little bit more plugged in to some of those um, bigger, maybe like more established uh, outlets could definitely be beneficial. Okay. So, like, for example, a talent agency, whether it's William Morris or uh, CAA or somebody like that, um, the the thing that I've run into a lot is, you know, like a, people that are well-established, a well-established musician. Now, I just want to get your take on this. So you're up and coming. You're basically throwing everything against the wall and, and seeing what sticks. You're on it, and you're very well disciplined about it. And I think discipline is extremely important. Do you think that people, when they're established, that they occasionally lose sight of that, and uh, they slack in the PR department, and that that could attribute to them kind of falling off you know, in terms of notoriety and exposure and, and, you know, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind type thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. Um, I can totally see how that would happen. I think a big thing that I always want to be mindful of is no matter where I go in my career and what level I get to, I just want to be thankful for and remember the people who gave me exposure and wanted to write about me or feature me or even talk about me or listen to me when I was nobody. So I think that that's just something that as artists grow, it's really important to remember and just be thankful for that and keep shining a light on the people that took a chance on you early on. When you when the question I asked you earlier about you know exposure and stuff, now in the old days, because we've had a number of artists on here, and I remember hearing all these stories, they'd cut a record and they would go to a radio station, and back then when we had disc jockeys and radio stations, and the, and the disc jockey was the actual programmer. It wasn't like they bought a, a program type deal. And they would actually slide in there late at night, and if you listen to some of my past interviews, it's kind of comical. But that's what they did. They went in there, and they basically said, hey, look, could you uh, play this record for us? You know, So we don't have radio stations that do that these days. So it's kind of like, I, you know, I, I go to YouTube a lot, and I go there for a whole host of reasons, you know, whether I'm trying to figure out how to fix something or uh, for music entertainment. Is YouTube a very good exposure for you, and would you recommend that to anybody? I think however you end up using YouTube, if you use it in the right way, mm -hmm. it can be huge. Um, just like with any social media platform, there's always going to be some level of chance. I think we all wish that we could understand the algorithms better than we do, but at the end of the day, you just there's no way to know for sure what's going to get a lot of exposure and what isn't. Um, and I think that's the same with YouTube. Um, I think that covers can do really well on YouTube since it's technically a search engine. So if people are going and looking for a cover song, they could find you and that could be really helpful. Um, but I have put out original songs and videos on YouTube um, and they've done pretty well. So it just depends if it's something that you focus on growing or not and what kind of videos you're putting out. Okay. Um, we get texts and occasionally some emails during the show, so uh, we, Bobby just got one here a second ago, so he's going to ask you a question. Actually, this is from Facebook Live. Do you know Paul Shulton, uh, Count Q Studio in Nashville? I don't, I don't think so personally. Okay. Okay. It's a recording. <laughs> it's a recording studio. It's called uh, uh, County Q, County Q. Um, Productions, okay. and they're in, and the guy's name is Paul Skolton, and he happens to be related to one of the guys that does a radio show here. So he just sent us a text. So I just uh, oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, we had Lee Dixon on our show here. Um, he's been on a couple times. He is the former guitar tech 
for Eric Clapton. He now resides in, uh, and he was with Eric Clapton for 30 years. He's probably an amazing guitar tech, car, guitar guy, but he's also a songwriter. And he's in, where's he in, Louisville, Kentucky, Bobby? Is that where he's at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's looking to kind of team up with someone because he's written a number of songs. So, really? Yeah, I might have to uh, forward his information to you and let you guys kind of talk and communicate. Because the other thing about our industry in general, and I'm in a different aspect of it, but it's all about networking. It's who you know, mm-hmm. how you, and you never know who you come in contact with because somebody knows somebody. And uh, just like I met you guys, you know, and here we are, you know, a few years later, and and wow, I'm impressed. I really am, truly. Well, thank you. And um, so now, if you have an opportunity to work with some artists here in the future, and you're up in the Nashville area, how difficult is it for you to access um, well-known? Other, you know, musicians, um, artists, um, and, and, and people like that. Are they relatively accessible, you know, for uh, to, and receptive to up-and-coming uh, um, artists like yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, like you just said, everything is networking and just meeting people. And that's been something that has been a little bit rough for me during the pandemic and not actually physically being able to go out and meet anybody um it's made me feel a little bit stalled with making those connections even though we have social media it's just really not the same as hearing somebody perform in a public venue and getting to go tell them hey i really liked your song i'd love to do something together Um, because it just means so much more when you actually have a reason for why you're approaching them um and you're doing things in person um but as far as really well-known people go, I mean, there's definitely opportunities to meet people. There's a lot of networking, like, events that you can go to in Nashville. And if you're lucky, maybe you'll just happen to see someone out and about. I haven't seen anybody out and about, and I haven't really tried to approach anyone who's on that level. Um, but I would like to think that people would be accessible relatively if you meet them through somebody that they trust and it's not so much of a shot in the dark of whether you have something to offer or not um everybody has to move their way up somehow and it's definitely um not in small part due to those kind of bigger people taking a chance on working with the people who don't have as much of a name yet how do you pick a recording studio and the people you want to work with how does that work for you um, it's a lot based on the vibes. Really? If you don't, yeah, you have to get along with them and you have to feel respected and you have to feel like they're listening to you because one of the hardest things as an artist, at least for me, and I'm sure a lot of artists can resonate with this, is trying to figure out how to get what's in my brain into my producer's brain so that we can get it in the computer and then get it onto Spotify. Um. So you have to really be on the same wavelength with the people that you work with. And I've luckily found people who really were on that wavelength with me. And so I've been really happy with how my music turned out. Um, But I think if you're looking for a studio and you have the opportunity to go there and just hang out and hear some of the music that they've worked on and talk to the producer, then that's going to be the best way to go about it. Okay. Now I've got to ask you this question because we just got a text here. What, uh, instrument what brand instruments do you play now i saw a video where you were doing something with luna guitars and they had mm-hmm. this one that you were playing it was an acoustic guitar and uh, so if you're not playing a luna guitar with that really cool little uh, uh grizzly bear on it and a little <laughs> country scene or um scenic, uh-huh. what uh, what type of instrument do you play i love my taylor guitars so I have quite a few taylor guitars but i also love my lunas they're really great instruments especially if you're kind of looking for a beginner guitar or a gigging guitar that's a really great one and it sounds awesome okay um but i do love my taylors so so much so do you play more acoustic or do you play any electric guitars at all i play electric a little bit i just got a new epiphone Les Paul, actually as part of my um prizes from the contest that i won with the john lennon songwriting contest it's so cool to win that um So I've been trying to learn how to be a little bit of a better guitar soloist because I mostly play rhythm, but I would say I mostly play um, acoustic, but I do have a um, hollow body Gretsch that I love to play now and then. Oh, okay. Gretsch, excellent guitar. Uh, You mentioned bass earlier. Uh, Mm -hmm. Are we talking bass guitar, four string, six string, five string? 
Yeah, four string bass. Okay. And what brand is that? Um, that one is a Fender. Okay, so bass. That's unusual for a um, lady to play. So uh, when do you play the bass guitar? When does that come in for you? Handy. Well, I actually just started playing during quarantine. It was kind of a fun <laughs> okay. project. I have a habit of picking up new things to learn instead of just focusing on what I already know and getting better at it. So, But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's definitely fun to learn new skills. So I started learning the bass, but I actually broke my wrist about a year and a half ago in like April of 2019. And... My my previously broken wrist, although it's all healed up, really doesn't like it when I play the bass for some reason. <laughs> it to, gets very angry at the angle that I have to use. <laughs> and stretch your fingers, right? Well, mm-hmm. I actually play a little guitar myself, but I usually stay within the first seven frets, So, uh, and I play a little rhythm myself. But anyway, Paige, we are up against the clock, so here's what I want to do. I want to thank you very much for coming on our show this evening, and if people want to find out more about you, how do they go about doing it? Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a blast. Um, my website is pagekiner.com, and anything that you ever want to know about me, all my links are there. But you can also find me on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that you stream if you want to check out my song. That sounds great. Well, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Say hi to your dad for me, and hopefully he was listening. And uh, you did an excellent job, and it was really, really a treat to have you on the show, and I wish you all the success. Oh, thank you so much, and happy holidays. Really appreciate getting to be here. All right. Well, good luck. I want to thank my special guest, Paige Kiner. Check her out. She's got some great music. And that's that SIP video, I definitely love that song. That's great. That's uh, one of my <laughs> thank favorites. Thank you. All right, Paige, you take care, and we'll, uh, we'll see you sometime uh, in the limelight. Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Okay, guys, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Bobby, thanks for hanging out with mm-hmm. us. Tommy, you know... Uh, that's good that you're over there on the other side of that glass. Jeez, <laughs> doing, doing a great job. Happy holidays, job. boys. Yeah, All big right. shout-out to our good friend uh, Bill Cochran and uh, the Only in America show. And uh, thanks for having us hanging out with him on his show a little bit this evening. Don't forget, you can check us out here every Tuesday night between, uh, what is it, 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio that Network. And uh, tell your friends, you know, tune in too. And don't forget to follow us on social media. And uh, stop by uh, Rip Shack, get a barbecue once in a while, right? Nice Christmas ham. Yep, they're nice Christmas ham. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's it. So anyway, and then uh, Dunedin Brewery, if you want to go up there and yeah. listen to some live music and stuff like that. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in. We will see, be here next year. Have New a merry... Year's. Yeah, New Year's. We'll be here. We, we, we won't let you down. And you guys have a great, great, great Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everybody. Take care. In the meantime, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.